I was given the title of today's message as Receiving Advice. So isn't that something you'd like? Don't we all just want a little more advice? You see, in these days of supply chain difficulties and global shortages, there's one commodity that still seems to be in excess, and it's often advice. Often, when we didn't know we needed it. And from those we would have never asked. And at times of questionable quality. Uh, For instance, the first-time driver who was told, always weave a little, and all the other cars will stay away from you. Or, when hiking in the mountains, remember you can't outrun a bear, so be sure to hike with someone you can outrun. Most of us don't want to be told what to do. And there are some who do want to be told what to do, but it would probably benefit them to be encouraged to do some of their own thinking. We often hear, I often get the chance in my office to hear from those who are just itching to give someone some advice, someone else, and they're frustrated when those they want to advise don't seem to want to listen. I generally ask the question, did they ask for advice? Well, no. Uh, And then I wonder, what would allow you the authority to speak into their lives? Why would they want? And that comes a whole lot more out of the relationship you've built, the connection, the sense that they know you're for them and that you care for them. What motivates you? Am I motivated out of love or am I motivated out of needing to be right and superior? Do we approach people with the humility that we're on this journey and perhaps we would save them some of the pain we've endured uh, by, by poor choices? Are we gracious and non-judgmental, respectful? And, and, and the scripture has this phrase that is easily said but takes a lifetime to learn. To speak the truth in love. See, there's a balance there. That love requires that we will raise things when, they, when, when love compels it. But that... So the truth would be shared in balance with the love. So, then there's the other challenge. So I, I wanted to, to... For those of you who just have that urge to give advice, I, I thought I'd give those few opening words. But... The other challenge is really the topic of the day. And that is receiving advice. (laughs) Do I ask God if there's some truth that I need to receive and act upon in the advice I'm given? Uh, I've found that to be tremendously helpful. See, sometimes (laughs) the advice I get are really not from my fans. 
they are, uh, uh, and, and there's those that are very quick to want to, to set me straight. But I find it's really important that I go to God and ask, does he see that too? Is it something? You see, the, the, in, in the Proverbs we read that, uh, that sometimes there's value in what is said by those who would be our enemy. And uh, so, we have an example to look at. We've been working our way through the book of Exodus. Uh, under the theme that it is the road to redemption. And so, uh, we're going to pick up this story of Exodus. Terry introduced us to Jethro last week, Moses' father-in-law. And... Remembering that Moses was running from Egypt, and uh, and when he came uh, to, uh, uh, he, he was herding sheep uh, for, for Jethro in Midian, and that so that they worked side by side along one another for a period of forty years. In that period, he also married. Zipporah, uh, Jethro's daughter, and had a couple of sons, uh, grandsons to Jethro. And so he was involved in his life. And so when Moses needed to go to Egypt on God's direction to bring the people out of bondage, he... uh, he left his family in the care of Jethro. And, and, and Jethro, as the story that we're going to look at opens, Jethro has just brought Zipporah and the two sons back. And, uh, and they spent the first night in, uh, in, in hearing the story of all the marvelous things that had occurred and uh, the ways that God had delivered him. What had happened to Moses in all that time that they'd been apart? And there was a time of worship as well. Uh, That's, uh, you see, Jethro was a man who sought after God, and he was someone who took the time to listen and to observe. So in the ninth verse of the 18th chapter, um, this is just picking up from something that Terry shared with us last time, Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hands of the Egyptians. That that tells us something about him, that he first listened. and, And he drew attention to what was good. You see, he, he, he started, he focused on, there's some good things that you're doing here, Moses. This has been a wonderful, a wonderful time to, to be celebrated. He delighted in it. He listened first. He took an interest. He cared for Moses' family. But this example points us to questions of time management, setting priorities, living within our limits, finding balance, 
serving God at a sustainable pace. I don't know if there's anything in there that might in any possible way reflect on any of our lives, uh, any of those themes that could use some attention from time to time. But let's read it. It's uh, the 18th chapter, and we're going to start on the 13th verse. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why are you sitting alone as judge, while all these people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decree and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you're doing is, is not good. You and these people who come to you, you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you, and you cannot handle it alone. Listen to me now, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way that they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over the thousands, the hundreds, the fifties, and the tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, and have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can handle themselves. That will make your load lighter, because they will share it with you. If you do this, and God so commands you, you will be able to stand the strain, and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people, officials over thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens. They served as judges at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones, they decided themselves. We're going to take a a walk back through that. You see, it may be that this advice was not just good for Moses. There may be something in here we could utilize. So let's consider how we might use it in very practical ways. And we might read between the lines the implication of some of the questions that Jethro raises. By the way, it's always better to ask than to tell. 
Uh, and so uh, I, I will suggest some of the ways that we could ask, and even ask of ourselves. How we manage our time and fulfill our priorities as God's servants is stewardship. Uh, that uh, it says the next day, that's where our passage begins. You see, after Jethro had arrived with Zipporah and the two grandsons, after this long absence, not having been with Moses, after all that had happened in Egypt and in the wilderness, uh, the crisis upon crisis that occurred, do you suppose any of that might have been a little wearing already? Um, and, uh, and so, with that in mind, Jethro wakes up to find that Moses is already at work. <laughs> From dawn till dark. Non-stop lineups of grievances to arbitrate. <laughs> it didn't take long to see that Moses was wearing himself out. You see, if it was a, if it was a Jeopardy question, they would say, what is burnout? Jethro asks. You see, and again, notice he asks. It's always better to ask than to tell. What is this you're doing for the people? You see, for us to, to sometimes step back far enough to consider what's our purpose here? What's the objective? And, and perhaps the subtle question is, what makes this your responsibility? Are you doing for others something they could best do for themselves? Are you enabling? Or are you equipping? Is this helping them grow? Is it sustainable? It's assumed that this group, Israel, was a group of estimated between 2 million and 4 million people. So, roughly the population of Alberta. And now we have a bit of a current concern about how many judges and magistrates we have. Uh, but we haven't tried to do it with just one. Uh, and so, why do you sit alone as judge? What's your game plan? How long can you go on like this? What are your options? Who else could help? Is this the best use of your gifts and energy? Now I realize your job hasn't been uh, to uh, judge uh, and be magistrate for all of Alberta. But you do have your sphere of influence, your area of work your responsibilities, the relationships you're accountable to. And so those same questions can be asked of our own situation. So, are you considering your limitations? The limitations you may have and develop with your health or your mental health, your attitude. Are you headed for burnout on your current course? You need to pace yourself. How will you be refreshed? What do you do to refresh yourself? 
And do you have a plan for your own self-care? Sort of preventative maintenance? Things you do just to get back your energy and vitality. See, some of you are introverts. And you kind of need some time to yourself. You kind of need to be alone. Others of you are extroverts and you need to be around some people. That's what charges you. Uh, We're not all the same. But we all need to know what charges us and refreshes us and restores us. Whether it's doing something creative, whether it's being able to have some time in nature, whether it's being able to just be still with the Lord, uh, the, the plan will be somewhat different, but we do need to have a plan. So, the, uh, you know, does that plan include being with the Lord? Does it include needed rest? Uh, does it include exercise or time to reflect? When do you have time to be in fellowship or to tend to the connections you make with your family? Is all of this your responsibility? Did God give you an impossible job? Is the Lord a slave driver? I thought we'd left the slave drivers in Egypt. Who else could share the responsibility? Who could be trained, equipped, prepared? What could be delegated? Or, even if it's a good thing, what could be dropped? Because we may not have the capacity to do it all. So, Jethro, just by the record, had one question. His question was to, uh, you know, why are you doing that? And Moses answers, well, because the people come to seek God's will. This is a good thing. And probably seemed like a very necessary thing. He was trying to do a good thing, and often so are we. The enemy doesn't need to tempt you with evil if he can wear you out tempting you to do too much good. Either way, you're out. So, uh, Moses, it seems, was driven by the urgent. We have that challenge, too. Whether we are going to be compelled by each urgent request, each need we see, and then scatter our efforts so broadly that we can't keep up. You see, the things that are truly important in life can often be delayed, even ignored, set aside for a long time before they become a crisis. Your spiritual life is part of that. Your relationships. I I encounter people regularly who lost contact with their partner because they've been very busy building a business or a career and, and trying to raise a family. And there's so much time goes into those pursuits, understandably, that they forget the important thing of connecting with their spouse. 
I wonder what Zipporah was thinking. I wonder if she could overhear this conversation. I think she might have had a few suggestions for his time. But I don't know Zipporah. So anyway. He wasn't considering his own limitations. Sometimes we need to take a break just to remember that uh, we have limitations. We're not God. He's without limit. Us, not so much so. He wasn't measuring the priorities. He didn't kind of have the long term in mind. And he hadn't made a plan to take care of himself or his family. But the lineups, the lineups. Here he was by popular demand. There were a lot of people who wanted to talk to him. It's a strong temptation to give people what they want. Um, in various ways, we all have a place where we may give in to people-pleasing and doing what others want rather than what is most important for us to do. Now, if we run our vehicles steady, at or above the red line. That was kind of the red line. Uh, we will not run them long. And you see, the challenge is for us to find what is a sustainable pace that uh, we can maintain. So, you could check that out in your car by looking at the owner's manual. And I'm going to suggest you can check that out uh, for yourselves, looking at the owner's manual. Uh, you see the passage that is up there, Matthew eleven, twenty-eight to 30, gives us some excellent and important insights. Come to me, it's Jesus speaking. He says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's that? Is that how you remember it? Or did your version go something like, Come to me, who all who are weary, and I'll load you up with more work. Is that how your version reads? I'll make it harder for you, and I'll not supply you any straw for making those bricks. We kind of went through that earlier. You see, no, 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 no. That's the old master, the old taskmaster that uh, Israel knew about. And Moses needed to be reminded that the new master said, I will give you rest. And he goes on to say, learn from me. We can learn from Jesus' example. Did you notice that he never seemed to be in a rush? He made time to be with children and to be with people others wanted him to pass over even when there were crowds pressing for his help. He took time to go to quiet places 
to be still, to pray, to enjoy being with friends. He took time for breaks and refreshment. He even had a favorite park. Interesting, isn't it? Even a rather ironic that Jesus didn't seem to have a Messiah complex. That uh, when you take on his yoke and seek to live your life his way, you'll learn that he isn't the taskmaster from Egypt. He knew his purpose. He lived within his limits. He didn't overbook himself. In fact, remember even the time he sat down by the well while the others went in for food? He took a rest and asked for a drink. He, he apparently was kind of paying attention to what was going on in his body. He left enough margin to be truly present rather than just ticking off the next task. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He is guiding us toward a healthy balance, a pace that's sustainable so that we would experience peace and joy in his service. Shalom. I remember a time back in, in 1995, I came and met Fred Lane here at the chapel. I was wasted. I was just so exhausted. I kind of just wanted to sit down on the edge of a curb and not have to go any further. Uh, I, I, at that time, had not been diagnosed with sleep apnea, but the more I tried to rest, the less rested I felt. And uh, Fred read this passage in Matthew 11 to me. And then with a bit of a twinkle in his eye, he said, who are you working for? <laughs> and uh, it has been a helpful reminder for me ever since. Jethro says to Moses, what, are you, what you're doing is not good. Not good for you, and not good for the people. See, he's taking a look at the long-range view. You'll wear yourself out, he says. Burn out. You can't handle this alone. You're running way past your red line. This is not God's way. Jethro affirms Moses that he has a very important role, he encourages Moses to focus on the priorities in a way that's balanced, just as God has an important role for each of you. And it varies. We don't have the same role, and we're not in the same circumstances. But we each have a role. And you too will uh, benefit perhaps from some of Jethro's suggestions. He says, why not do some preventative education? Why don't you teach them about the, the laws and the decrees? Why don't you uh, show them the way to live? See, rather than just waiting till things get messed up and there's trouble, what if we first tried to 
make a priority of educating. And, and training up leaders, entrusting them to manage as much as they're capable. Some will only be able to manage a few people and others will have the skills and aptitudes to handle many more. We aren't all given the same slice. But we're all capable of doing something. Select capable people that will seek God and be trustworthy. Delegate authority to fit their capacity and their skills. You see, even around the home, are there things that the kids could be doing? Are there ways in which uh, in the family, other family members could, could help share the load. Sometimes we go with that adage, if you want a job done right, do it yourself. That doesn't have a long life. Um, the idea of learning how to encourage, equip, and support others spreads the load. Let go of what is too much for you. There's no shame in that. And it changes. It's a moving target, I've noticed. In terms of the things I once did, uh, albeit unwisely, uh, and uh, the things that I can do now. Uh, things have changed. Some of that's age. Some of that's health. Some of that is roles and responsibility. And a little bit of it's wisdom. Uh, deciding which things I will do and how much. So uh, letting go of what's too much for you, focusing on what is uniquely your strength, priority, and responsibility. Sort what is your part and take on manageable tasks. And then, Jethro says, everyone can go home satisfied. This is win-win. That's the intent. You're able to manage what's yours to do. Sometimes when I'm working with people and when their life and schedules got far out of whack and, and, it, and it's hard for them to think about how they would make changes, I'll say, let's, let's imagine, let's pretend that this was your life and you just got to plan. Um... And then what would be different? And in that imagination, they see they could become management of their life. Because it had seemed like all of the expectations from all around them were setting the course. They didn't know they had that power. Others will be encouraged to do what they're able to do. You'll be able to care for your family. You will have time to be refreshed and renewed. And you will find joy and shalom in your service. Moses needed to learn to leave the taskmaster in Egypt. So do we. God's plan is not to wear you out. He is a gentleman. He knows your limits. He knows you need time for rest and refreshment. He knows your capacity changes as we move through the chapters of life. Whether aging, health, responsibility of a young family, a new job, a new role. When supports are no longer available. When events change. 
or when we encounter losses and have grief. We're not machines that just keep up production. He has given you unique gifts and talents and passions. And he has not left you alone. And not everything rests on you. That was hard for Moses. Perhaps it's hard for us too. He asks you to find a pace that allows you to care for your body, soul, and mind. He knows your social needs, your family's needs. There may be busy seasons, but not a constant pressure to do more. Our Lord is good and gracious. It's His plan that you would find life and a life that is abundant. Who are you working with? We, like Moses, have the challenge to manage our life, our health, our energy as stewards, not pushing past our red line. For far too much of my adult life, I have lived on far too little sleep, and I've not taken good care of my health I thought I was focusing on doing important things. But my Lord was not asking that of me. I hadn't listened to his call to receive his rest. But as I often tell my children, uh, and I will tell you, I'm really hoping you'll be wiser then. Then, I also, when I think about this, I think that when I was just a young guy, probably 14 years old or so, uh, my Uncle Neil gave me the task to take the tractor and go cultivate a field. It was the first time I'd been given that job. And I put the tractor in high gear and raced to get the job done as quick as I could. The cultivator just bounced along the furrows. Um, it, it didn't take long when the cultivator wasn't really digging into the ground. Uh, and, but my uncle was a mile away in the next section, and he could see the dust cloud I was producing and the speed at which I was moving across the field. He was a very gracious man. So uh, when it was time to come in at lunch, he, he quietly and gently said to me, Robert, that uh, if you go a little slower, it's easier on the man and the machine. Uh, you also do a better job. Uh, that, uh, and the tractor lasts longer. That uh, if I'd only understood his message, I might have lived life quite a bit. That's good stewardship. Our stewardship includes how we take care of the life that God has given us. It helps us to remember we're not in charge. We are not the Savior. It doesn't all depend upon us. And it's good to us, perhaps. Moses was able to receive and act on this advice he received from Jethro. The advice is tailored to Moses. However, I believe there's some themes 
we each can learn. And perhaps there's something that you could receive and apply in your life. Will you receive any of this advice? It's also easy just to let it drift off, not, not contemplate it, not act upon it. But I hope you'll find something you can put in practice in the next days and weeks to come that allow you to enter into more of the Lord's joy and peace for you. Because his intent was never to 